0: what's going on brother it's good my friend how are we doing
1: good doing well man look at that look at that tan
0: this is uh one day out in the ocean i've been surfing all week
1: <laughs> back in la that's the, that's the good life man dude uh i'm first of all happy to catch up with you it's been a while likewise yeah. and um and uh, wanted to hear your story and share it with the with the homies uh you know there's not there's not that many pakistanis in uh in in my network uh, and the uh, unfortunate thing with Pakistanis is they don't help each other you know we realize most yeah uh, yeah and, and we need to we need to be more like Indians
0: <laughs> you know they they do a really good job of, of networking and you know helping each other out i agree
1: exactly dude so welcome to the podcast sala uh, just to give uh, folks a little bit of a uh, intro about uh Salman is so Salman obviously is Pakistani but he is uh, one of the coolest kids I've known in my life. Uh, you know, if he, wasn't, <laughs> if he wasn't doing what he's doing right now, he would definitely make it to Hollywood. If not Hollywood, definitely Bollywood for sure. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's, a, he's an easy on the eyes kind of guy, but, you know, smooth talker. Ladies love him. But at the same time, he's, he's done well in, in, you know, at party schools like SC, then Allen & Company, and now at startups. So uh, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm excited to, excited to have you on.
0: Thank you, man. Happy to be here. Also, an incredible intro that maybe isn't fully deserving, but I'll take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's the last day of Ramadan. I don't know. Are you fasting? Is that, is that part of the, the new sal?
0: I've done two, two out of 30, or what is it, 26 or so now, so yeah. um, I, I tried. Um, it wasn't too bad, actually, this, this time around, but work's just been pretty hectic the last uh, few weeks, but yeah, man yeah
1: so i i fasted I'm, I'm i'm celebrating the 29th with a beer so, <laughs> so. you and me too <laughs> <laughs> there you go salute Salud, um so you're in la right now la is open and um so you guys are beaches are open so folks are out and uh, and so what's the what's the mindset these days for people in terms of no social distancing or some social distancing what's going on in la tell me
0: so a lot of the businesses are closed. They do a little bit of you know takeout for if you're a restaurant. Um, a lot of the public spaces previously weren't open, but now you have parks coming open. Hiking's a huge thing here in LA. So I think this past weekend, uh, all the trails started opening up again. And the craziest thing though is if you take the beach away from people in LA, they go crazy. So yeah. they had that taken away from them for about a month or so. And now I think they're slowly letting people come back out feeling yeah. people surf, get in the water, but um, not a lot of people like loitering or, or tanning uh, yeah. on the beach side.
1: Got it. Okay, so let's go back. I think like part of the story uh, that I love to unleash of people is a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are young folks who are in college or just graduated, young professionals, and you know to bring in let's just say Elon Musk is not as relevant because too far for them to get to. Obviously, it's motivational, but like this is more actionable career advice and life advice um so let's take a, a bunch of steps back and let's start from you know the og days is new jersey the og
0: days is that where you started hell yeah hell yeah born in new jersey in warren um <laughs> so i don't know if anyone the, knows about the, warren is that the brown town it's actually not it's uh it's pretty diverse i would say more than like edmonton or yeah. uh, or sorry edison um but yeah and um grew up there I moved out to California when I was about seven. My dad was in the semiconductors industry, and so he was doing a lot of stuff in New Jersey. He went to Kansas University, actually, crazy story. Okay. He left his parents' house in Lahore, Pakistan. Yeah. when He was 18 years old, went to wanted to go to university in America, so he went to none other than Kansas University. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the middle of the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did his undergrad, masters there, and then he started doing. A, Kind of semiconductors marketing work in new jersey yeah. um this is the seven, and then like way yeah, back way back i have he was actually showing me some photos when i was back home yeah incredible Wow, that's <laughs> amazing. afro got big glasses everything yeah um and then yeah we he he found a job out in the bay area silicon valley back in like 2001 yeah mm-hmm. so i was seven years old moved back uh, or moved out and um yeah that's kind of when my bay area experience started yeah i grew up out there went kind of to to a bunch of different schools uh probably moved elementary middle school high school like four or five times Oh wow! i think at first i was in a public school and the public school systems in the bay area are really legit um so we were fine and then we found out about the school in the bay area called harker which is like primo, primo, private, um, education, um, pretty nerdy, but good for, good for learning and and getting your fundamentals down in in school. And so I went there for third grade, then realized that maybe not, you know, it's not needed. Went back to public school, fourth, fifth grade, and then middle school went back there yeah, back high school to public school in Saratoga. So, um, yeah, I kind of bounced around all over as as I was growing up, but, um, yeah, then after that went uh, applied to a bunch of schools. I was looking between New York, Austin, actually, and then ended up going to USC in LA. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so when you get to USC, obviously, grade school. Are you in the business program to begin with?
0: No, actually, I'm not. So I I've always been really interested in history, really interested in kind of global policy or economics, and yeah. so my. Um, major going into it was this really cool program at USC called IRGB or International Relations and Global Business. Okay. And a lot of it related to like political eco- political economy, um, a lot of like regulation around financial systems and yeah. kind of tying it in with, um, you know, foreign policy and stuff like that. So um, it was really interesting to, to take a few classes in that. But I pretty quickly realized, and I always kind of been fascinated by finance and wanted to yeah. become an investor later on in my life, even like back in high school, kind of oddly. Um, and so I knew that if I wanted to kind of optimize my chances for that, I'd need to probably do more business and more like finance coursework. So mm-hmm. moved to uh, apply to kind of transfer internally to the business school and gotcha. Kept my international relations minor. Um, and yeah, the, a few internships after that and then, yeah. Then we went t-
1: yeah, so, so tell me a little bit about you know as a as a sophomore, it's hard to get internships, right? And you know, you weren't in investment banking back then. Obviously, it's hard to get investment banking jobs even as a sophomore. How were you thinking back then to kind of you know soup up your I guess uh, resume or you know ramp up your kind of you know portfolio of you know who someone is?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think it really started in freshman year <laughs> trying to, you know, helping uh to learn about the typical process of getting into, you know, a, a more banking or, or finance uh, career path, like yeah. reading up on Google, like what are the most traditional or easy kind of streamlined ways to get into whatever it is you want to get into. I found that, I, I found to, that banking was what I wanted to get into, at least for my first drive out of college. I Googled a bunch on how to do it. There was all these guides um, that, that are floating around on the internet. Uh, there's a workshop by Sherjan if you had heard of yeah, it. Yeah. And that's, that's, <laughs> so, where the,
1: that's where the two Pakistani devils got connected.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the, the world is never the same. Um, <laughs> and so I found that like a private wealth internship was actually a great way to get started, just get your feet wet in the you know finance world. And so yeah. I was lucky enough to find one up in the Bay Area um, at UBS, did some like just general kind of market yeah. research, stuff like that. And then, and this was sophomore Sof- year. This was freshman year. Freshman summer Okay. Yep. And then after that, I it was definitely rare to do banking in sophomore year, but you know, there's a good amount of opportunities out there, especially you know, very small firms or more kind of boutique um, firms doing smaller deals and smaller work. But like, definitely a lot of availability if you're looking for it. Um, and so I figured I'd try my hand at that, nice. um, and also did a kind of small tech. Uh, boutique m firm internship. It was mostly just creating a lot of slides and doing a lot of yeah. research and yeah. Yeah. trying my mm-hmm. hand at modeling, yeah. um, probably failing a bunch. And then, you know, just to get an understanding of like what the processes look like, what the job entails, and then yeah. ultimately kind of knowing that junior year was the big one.
1: Yeah. So before we even get to the junior year, I think like a lot of students, they don't fully utilize the platform to its full extent. Like they don't utilize all the clubs and you know the you know and not just like you know career related clubs but also like you know frats or even at, you know athletic clubs what did you do when you were in college to kind of get yourself you know get your feet wet into a lot of different things
0: yeah so i was in a frat for about two days (laughs) and after the second day i realized this is not for me Uh, why is
1: that i mean i I would have thought it would be perfect for you
0: (laughs) from like a social kind of partying standpoint like meeting girls i love that part yeah a bad part was like hazing begun on day two and i was like there's no there's absolutely no way i do this uh, for a whole semester um i just value my freedom and like enjoyment (laughs) yeah and so i um avoided all that after my first semester And then um, join, I I love basketball. I've been playing since I was a kid. So definitely did intramural, intramural, Um, found a bunch of friends through that. So USC is a pretty like frat or Greek uh, heavy uh, social scene. And so if you're not in it, it's really important uh, to really, you know, join a bunch of clubs, meet a bunch of people. And so, you, um, you know, use basketball as a way to do that use, um, finance as a way to do that. Honestly, I still have some of my very good friends from a lot of these kind of clubs that I joined. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to, from a career standpoint, like really actually learn about investing in finance and there were a handful of, um, resources or, cl- or clubs or groups available. Um, and they gave me all these like value investing books, these like modeling books, all this kind of stuff yeah, yeah. that ended up being pretty, pretty cool and interesting. Um, and then, other than that, USC is a pretty social school, so a lot of, you know, inter, um, concerts and stuff like that to meet you know, meet people in. Um, so that's kind of how I yeah. approach the were like, You weren't like
1: locked, you didn't, you didn't lock yourself into, you know, the library just to study finance or study modeling. I think like the broad approach, especially with the, the personal side, the qualitative things of meeting the right people and being in front of the right people. Like, you know, you're part of the Trojan Investment Society, the Value mm-hmm. investment group, Investing Group. Um, you know, you also TA for a bunch of different things. So there's like a bunch of things you, you did, which weren't like, you know, like nobody asked you to do them, but like, you know, they kind of mm. gave you that, um, you know, breadth of things that, you know, made you seem a lot more interesting and your network was a lot bigger.
0: For sure. Yeah. I think that honestly goes a long way, even in the interviews, you know, later on, whenever you're, you're going through that, but like even just in general growing and, and learning, I think university, I wish I kind of could go back at times to just like yeah. have that freedom and just all this kind of cool uh resources and people around you to just like hang out with and yeah. learn from um so yeah it was a good time yeah. so
1: for for the big one the summer internship for third year your junior year internship which kind of like you know uh, i guess accelerates people's careers if they end up in bulge bracket after or whatever they end up in um how was the experience like and is you like you know i I went to UCLA and i remember some of the kids at UCLA you know we don't get that many looks the way like the East coast, you know, schools or, or Berkeley guess, let's just say like mm-hmm. NYU would get a lot of people, Wharton would, Berkeley would, stand For sure. up with. but like LA schools, not a big, like powerhouse banking, you know, schools. How did you feel recruiting was at USC and how did you kind of get your third year internship?
0: Yeah. So I felt the same way actually about USC. Um, they definitely like in LA's banking world, it was UCLA and USC were pretty strong. Um, but I actually, my my older brother was in tech. My dad was in tech kind of both of their whole careers. And so, and also growing up in the Silicon Valley was pretty interested in it. And I knew I wanted to do that um, yeah. with banking. So kind of tech banking, tech MA if possible. And so I was pretty focused on recruiting in San Francisco, yeah. um, where obviously Stanford, Berkeley, where, you know, the kind of mainstays. And then you also have the East Coast schools that are very strong. Um, so it was a little bit challenging. I think I, I was actually probably more uh, it was more of a daunting process and like more less successful earlier on than i had anticipated or hoped for um work or i guess interviewed with a handful of belge brackets but also boutiques and i actually found um the boutique process was like really interesting the conversations i had with folks was a lot more uh interesting i think their yeah. the work that they had done was um you know a little bit more hands-on i'd say so that was neat to me um but i didn't really have a i had an offer in hand but not one that i wanted until february of the junior year recruiting cycle which Got it. as some of the the listeners may know is like super super late like especially yeah. now the process starts somewhat in october or maybe even yeah, earlier yeah. um so like all of my friends had these great offers um you know they're all excited they could basically start coasting in school what but i was like pulling midnight 1 a.m nights trying to like prep for interviews while also doing school yeah Um, so that was extended all the way to like february and then this one really interesting firm allen and company um, which is a tech media um uh investment bank that i didn't really know that much about um kind of popped on my radar i knew about them because they did a lot of sports work and i love sports um they do kind of they advise owner groups on you know purchases of sports teams or divestitures all all the kind of stuff um, and so I reached out to kind of a mutual connection, uh, on LinkedIn it was an MD or something there. And, uh, she put me in touch with an associate. I spoke with that associate um, went well, spoke with another associate, went in for a, uh, had, I guess, uh, another call and then went mm-hmm. in for a super day later on in Feb yeah. and didn't think I would get it. I thought I didn't do too well. It was like Feb is deep in February, New York. It was super, super cold, snowing. And I was staying with my buddy who lives uh, in New Jersey. He we went to school there. And I uh, it was like Friday night and he was ready to go take us, take me to uh, like a frat party on campus. Yeah. I was, but I wasn't in a good mood because I hadn't heard back about the uh, internship. Like, you know, I, I hadn't yeah, gotten yeah. a yes or a no yet. And it had been, I think, one or two days. Um, and they told me they would get, they'd let me know ASAP. So I didn't feel too good. And then it was about 8.30 or 9, uh, A few, you know, the programming had started a little bit, and I get a call, and I'm like, oh, shit, who is this? I don't even know the number, and I get a call, and it's one of the guys who interviewed me. He was an MD, and he's like, hey, um, you know, how'd, you, how'd you think it went? I said I thought it went well really enjoyed speaking with everyone. And he's like, well, I think you should uh, come in and join us for the summer. Oh, and the whole rest of that weekend was just the greatest weekend ever. <laughs> I feel bad
1: about every date you dated that that weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Honestly, I probably didn't remember any of them anyway. So it was, uh, it was a much different weekend after that. But then, um, yeah, so later that summer, went out to New York, didn't even want to go to New York, but ended up falling in love with it, falling in love with the firm, the, the whole time there. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think one of the, one of the things people should understand is like, you know, everybody, you know, obviously aimed for Goldman Sachs because that's the well-known brand and it's the herd mentality and all that. But for every Goldman, there's like nine other firms that are doing amazingly other, you know, amazing stuff in the same industry and has a much more of a family vibe and they all have their own sure. like, you know, uh, specialty. Like I remember when I was at, Morgan Stanley we had a bunch of deals we did with Alan because Allen was kind of the, the, the go-to place for private placements
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and I remember at Morgan Stanley in tech even though you know we were considered like one of the better tech shops out there the private placement practice was Alan's bread and butter and we remember I remember we hired a, an ED or an MD whose you know sole job was to figure out how Alan does what they do and bring <laughs> that product uh, as part of Morgan Stanley's kind of like you know toolkit, mm. so and then when I joined Google, like one of the first few deals we did was with Allen, right? I remember I forget what, if maybe it was Lending Club or maybe it was uh, Credit Karma. One of them, sure, came through Allen, and a bunch of other deals came through Allen because you guys were basically in front of companies at a much earlier stage and, uh-huh. and a lot deeper. When when uh, you know, so so folks who join as an analyst or an associate, these you know boutique banks they actually get a, a very unique and amazing experience learning. And also like the relationship, you're not just a number, right? Like, like a big exactly. number is number 14 who sits in that cubicle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so people shouldn't like, you know, look over these things. They should actually like start targeting them. And the second piece is, I think like a lot of these smaller firms, they don't have structured recruiting processes like the big firms do. So, f- you know, creating your own path like you did, you know, going through your own network uh, was key. So that's Definitely. kind of a, a key thing. Someone, everybody should do. Definitely. So you join Alan. So you did that, you come back, they give you a return offer at the end of the summer. Is that how, how it worked? Okay.
0: Yeah. So going back to your point about, you know, small classes, mine was the intern class was 15 Okay. and typical banking intern classes are in the hundreds I imagine. Um, and then they were at the outset, they let everyone know they were only giving three offers um, oh, wow. or full times, which is typically the size of each class. And so, I mean, six of the 15 were sophomores, so it didn't really matter. So it was more like nine, um, and ended up being, you know, just doing well, got kind of just being really proactive, uh, working with, the. Uh, uh um, folks who um i guess were were the right people to work with or just kind of keep in touch with yeah and um just really i think what's sh- what shined through was the genuine interest in the role and being really proactive and like wanting to do more work out of sheer uh, interest versus you know um just doing it to show that you're a hard yeah. worker you know just trying to show off i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it ended up being myself and two other folks um, from the internship class who ended up uh, receiving the offer as well uh, and then they brought in a lateral hire for my intern class or sorry yeah. my analyst class so there's four folks in our class um, and yeah so i did two years and nine months there it was it was really really interesting stuff and and one of the yeah. more unique kind of career experiences So I
1: guess taking a step back a little bit in terms of converting that summer into a full-time, you know, Mm a lot of competition, you said it was a genuine interest that kind of, you know, know, shone through and people are like, okay, this guy's not just faking it. You know, how much of that was like, you know, the work quality and the product you did of every assignment you did. Cause a lot of the stuff that the summer intern is not in your control, you know, things are put on your desk and you take, them. right. That's, you know, that's basically it. You know, if you have to kind of like bring them, break them down a couple of things So folks who have a summer internship coming up or later on in the future, Mm -hmm. what are some of the two or three things they should do to really increase their chances? Uh, Because, you know, just building a better model doesn't cut it anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think the modeling piece is kind of table stakes. Um, I think it's also, I don't think it's, it's as um, kind of daunting of a skill or as uh, kind of, serious of a skill that that it's kind of made out to be through all these books and guides and all that stuff like I think um, there's a base level of knowledge and, and skill to have in the in the analytical model modeling world but like it's not you know if you're the best modeler in the world but you don't know how to speak to something or you don't know how to make any insights from something or even just no. communicate or um, it, it doesn't really go a long way so being a, a well-rounded uh, person, I think, is, is really important, especially when, um, especially in the cases where you're at smaller firms, where you have to do a lot more communicating, maybe with people who are well, you know, 10, 20 years older than you, but are relying on you to make decisions or provide mm. you know, data or whatnot. Um, but yeah, in the internship program itself, I think modeling definitely, you know, analysis went a long way, but um, I think creative thinking or kind of proactive thinking also went a really long way. So being able to, you know, explain or the rationale for why you have put words on a, on a page or presented, um, you know, a deck in a certain way or done an analysis a certain way. Yeah. that's That goes a really long way. Another thing that's not really analytical, but more kind of logical is providing basis or uh, assumptions for why you're doing the things that you're doing. So um, for those of you who've done, you know, a fair amount of financial analysis or any type of modeling, um, a lot of the inputs or the drivers of those analyses are assumptions and kind of base level um, um, hypotheses about how a company might grow, how a company might make money, all this kind of stuff. And so being able to either put in research to get those numbers or at least having some sort of, thoughtful approach. Yeah. Um, goes, goes a long way for sure. And definitely, definitely as well liked by uh, more senior folks at yeah. the internship firm. Yeah.
1: And I think from my side, like I've known you for four or five years now, or more probably uh, one of the things that I've noticed of you as, as not just like a friend, but also later on when I was raising for my own thing, I think one of the good things, Sal, you do is you're a very good listener, right? I think like, uh, you know, as an intern, especially, or as an analyst, you know, listening is important. It's key. Uh, versus like always talking and, and saying what's on your mind, even though you may have the right things on your mind, but you're actually a really awesome listener because uh, people who you talk to, like whenever I talk to you uh, you know about anything, I know you're not distracted. You're like really absorbing mm. what I'm saying. But then at the same time, when I'm finished talking with you, you're going to ask the right questions, right? So I remember like there was twice when I was fundraising, one for my previous idea, one more recently, you ask the right questions uh, that got me thinking about, you know, even though I'm spending 24 hours of the day thinking about it and you're only spending tw- you know 10 minutes thinking about it, But asking the right questions, uh, you know, not just like, oh, what's the growth rate? What's the revenue? What's the, you know, the basic tier one question you're asking like, you know, two or three degrees below. I think that really shows that, okay, this person's actually thinking about it from a much deeper level. And I mm-hmm. always appreciated that. Uh, but the most important part that I, I loved about your kind of personality is it's a very people personality. And it's not one of those, like I have a very salesy personality. Like I'll connect with anyone and everyone and it doesn't matter, <clears throat> you know, no fear. Exactly. But like you actually have a, a people personality where, you know, there's no one who I've met, who's had a negative thing to say about Sal, but at the same time, you have the, uh, the fearless mindset. I don't know if the, that's the right word, but fearless mindset of like reaching beyond your rank and connecting people. If it can like move the needle forward for anybody. So I've, you know, mm. I've, I've, I've asked you to connect me with some folks in your network. That are way beyond our pay grade you know both of our pay grades combined like you <laughs> sure. but you know but like if you thought it was an opportunity and if there was something that was meaningful there you did connect me so i just, you know i think like those are the qualitative skills that don't come from school or from like you know the books that we study or the you know the modeling skills we learn these are the things that actually impress people on a qualitative level and and if people can build that into their own like toolkit i think that'd be awesome so, so, Al, uh, so Allen company, you do a lot of tech. Is that the, um, uh, when you joined full-time, was that the the main vertical you're focused on?
0: I went in wanting that because yeah. as I mentioned earlier, I was like super into tech and I knew Alan did a lot of IPOs, as you mentioned, a lot of like private placements, yeah. but they also just said general capital raises for, you know, early stage tech companies. Um, but then as I got there, I really realized that, One, their bread and butter was really more traditional media, which um, is part of a very transforming landscape right now, obviously with tech kind of taking over with the likes of Netflix and Hulu and all that kind of jazz. Um, But they they were really in a really interesting position in the middle of this traditional media landscape, but also having a pretty strong practice with um, early stage tech companies. And those two worlds were, on a kind of collision course as I was joining in the years before, and, and even more more so to this day. Um, and so a lot of the work was like really, really interesting and unique in that um, we were coming up with kind of like thought pieces more yes. so than um, transaction analysis or sales pitching. So yeah. Alan's thing is they don't really do any pitching; it's all relationship-driven uh, inbound work. So uh, unlike other kind of larger banks where they have more resources to just churn out materials to drive in sales or business. Um, Alan really relied on the network of their partners and um, you know, just the the reputation that they had. Yeah. And so was able to work on some really cool deals and, and get some good experience learning about how, you know, advertising business models work, which is very core to the media world of course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you really realize there's a lot of similarities between something like uh, a digital media firm and a sports business. Um, there's a lot of you know commonality in how they generate revenue, like the types of audience that they like to sell to or target. So a lot of these kind of things came came out that I had no idea about really before going into it. I thought it would be a pretty um, just analysis and deck making type yeah. work type job, but a lot of it ended up being really, really unique and thoughtful, um, kind of, um, I would say like next frontier research. And, um, um, I guess theories that the partners had that I would go and find data for to, to test. Um, so that was, that was really cool about the, my time there. Um, and then I think the the best part about Alan is just the people, um, there were partners there who, don't even have you know historical investment banking experience. There's a lot of folks who are either founders or manage uh, management held management sorry held management positions yeah. at media companies or um, tech companies, and you know they have a very good understanding of what it takes to operate a s- successful business. Yeah. and that goes a long way in the finance world. Um, yeah. So so yeah, that it's really great to learn also, from those. folks. You know,
1: the other part also from Alan's side is. Um, most investment banks, when they you know, do, um, financial, like analysis, any analysis or business, uh, or models, they all start from the revenue line onwards, right. Mm. And because Alan's doing things at a much earlier level with companies, like they're with companies from series A, series B onwards, basically you're actually seeing before the revenue line, all the magic that happens in the, <laughs> in, in the cogs of that machine, right. From users to acquisition to, you know, all that other stuff. And, and which is which is a big it's like it's a, it's a it's basically the real modeling that actually matters right everything out after the revenue line it's easy stuff right? right getting to the revenue line that's where the real magic happens. that's where companies are made and, and broken so um and those who really that's want to point. learn you know those who really want to learn that um it, you know that's that's what you know those are the kind of shops you want to go join i guess one question i had was Uh, You know, folks who are, uh, you know, were in your or are in your position, they, you know, crush the summer, they get a really good return offer. But then there's always that itch in the back of your head. It's like, hey, you know, maybe I can flip it for a Goldman. Right. There's always a, you know, unfortunately, you know, freaking Goldman Sachs always is the herd mentality. When you got back to SC, you had you had that option. You could have like taken that and gone somewhere else. How did you go through that decision?
0: Yeah, so. I mean, full transparency. I was talking with people at uh, a few other firms who I had been interested in when I was um, a summer or like going through my summer internship process. One being Goldman, another being CenterView, which was another really interesting kind of M&A firm. Um, I just thought any one of those three opportunities would also be, you know, a, a good place to be as my first job out of college. But then. I got back um, home to to the Bay Area after my summer internship and talked to my brother, talked to my dad, and, and really thought pretty hard about you know the internship and experience I had and, and felt that I had experienced something at a firm that is unlike any other. Um, there's really only one Allen company in the world. I don't think yeah. there's many others that even come close to it in terms of the type of Firm it is, you know the the work they do, the people they are. It's a hundred twenty person firm or so, and it's been that way since nineteen twenty two when it was founded. So uh, it's very familial. Um, um, you know, again, that as I mentioned earlier, like the work is pretty unique, and um, so a unique approach to investment banking. Yeah. In our internship program, they ensured that there would be guest speakers who would come in, very you know, you know highly revered and really interesting speakers who are part of the network of the Allen family or the partners um who would come in and speak for an hour to these interns who are you know 21 20 years old uh some of which were like green berets in the in the uh in the military some of which were founders of multi-billion dollar uh publicly traded companies all these really unique and interesting people and there'd be an hour of just q a that you can just ask these really really interesting folks um, you know that kind of stuff. It really hit home to me, and uh, I I didn't even go through any interview processes with any of those other firms after uh, you know, talking through this over the course of a week, and then realized the the value and and the experience I can get from a firm like Allen is um, a lot more interesting and and rewarding, I think for me as a person, but my, for my career.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think like also, you know, if you make that decision, and you know, when you come back from that summer, your final year, senior year is a lot more fun. You have less stress. You can just party it up, travel. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Probably the
0: best year of your life, right? (laughs) Easily the best year of my life. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What did you, what did you do? Like, what was the top thing you did when, uh, did you get some traveling in?
0: Yeah. So let's see. So first of all, when I got to senior year, all my like main classes were taken care of, and so let's just say my second semester of senior year was—I was basically getting grades for yoga and basketball and improv—and uh, I think tough it, life. it was super tough. And then <laughs> uh, maybe like a finance class here or there, but oh, that was wow. really, it. Um, really kind of plan. My I like had this full plan with my scheduling since I was like 20, I guess yeah. a freshman or sophomore. Um, and luckily it worked out. It would have awesome, been bad if I, you know, if I was doing yoga, but still didn't have a job or something like that. That'd be worse. Like, so
1: um, like hey, so Salman, so, so what course are you taking?
0: Uh, <laughs> taking <laughs> yoga and basketball. Okay, got yeah. it. I'm, I'm getting like a B minus in yoga, but I think <laughs> I could get a... <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Um, traveling, less so. I, it was more, so my senior year, I was living with... A, I was living in this big house um, near campus with eleven other guys. Oh wow! There was, it was a six or eight bedroom house with like four or five baths, whatever. Big, nice yard, um, and I only really knew three to four of the guys in total. But they're all kind of friends of friends. And by the end of the first semester, those were like my brothers. We yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd do everything together. We, you know, go and party. We go, you know, like anything and everything we did. Yeah. Um but still a lot of them were like trying to get jobs in the first semester, they're interviewing, so they're pretty busy. But come second semester, everything was taken care of and all you know, it was the last five months of college, people were just trying to live it up. Yeah. And um, that was probably the best five months of my life. We went on an epic, epic, it's a really funny, a bunch of funny stories coming out of it, but a spring break trip where all 12 of us rented a 40 foot RV. Yeah, and just drove all throughout really beautiful parts of uh, America. Yes. So we went to, in one week, we went to Big Sur up uh, near Bay Area, yeah. then went over to uh, Zion National Park. Yeah, And after Zion National Park, we went to the Yosemite. Grand Canyon. And then after the Grand Canyon, we went to Yosemite. I think the order might be flipped around there, but wow. all four of those places then came back. And along the way, just... A lot of Just crazy shit happened. Yes, exactly. Stories uh, that can never be shared outside of those 12. Yeah, and definitely not on the podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
1: Good, man. Yeah. So, so that's Lived awesome, it up. dude. So, so that was uh, senior year. You join Allen. New York City Life Begins. Awesome time at um, you know, Allen. Uh, living in New York as a young person is obviously amazing. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a brand new experience. Everybody's young and feels like it's like, it's like going to college but with money.
0: Right? yes so, exactly
1: right so my experience of that was in hong kong and I, you know uh hopefully one day you can come visit me in hong kong when i'm back there at some point but hong kong is definitely one chapter that i want to uh show you i think i think i think you'll you'll love it you'll you'll feel love right in hong kong um, yeah but dude so you finished two years plus two and a half years a lot of folks from investment making end up going to private equity you know or you know growth equity usually becomes another one or hedge funds I know you were kind of looking at a few of those things but then at the same time uh you know passion for tech was there passion for startups and being deep in the operations was there Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about uh you know how you thought about that decision
0: yeah so even dating back to my time in college i had always been like fascinated with investing and the public market in particular i like love trading stocks in uh my free time like i wake up and just review and read market news all the time just out of pure curiosity and so i like always had this innate desire to go into the public market uh industry or hedge fund industry really um so i was probably interviewing for like a good portion of a year um for like the right fit and just the right opportunity in the hedge fund world um gone through a bunch of interviews with you know firms i was really excited about and um towards the end of my you know, call it eight to nine months of interviewing, I uh, stumbled across a uh, a startup opportunity that was really, really interesting, uh, kind of in the real estate and restaurant uh, tech world. And um, wasn't even looking to go anywhere other than the hedge fund world, as I was saying, but this opportunity was really interesting. Um, I had heard, you know, a lot of great things from my brothers, friends, um, or kind of some mentors in the tech yeah. world. Um, and it, it just seemed like a very unique opportunity. Uh, and I was given the opportunity to join at a very early stage in the company. And I, you know, went through an interview process and found that, um, it was a very promising uh, startup and I'd be able to really grow with the company yeah. um, by joining at that time. And so it's kind of in self mode, so I can't say much, but, yeah, yeah. um, I joined about a year ago and I'm um, doing kind of strategic finance there. And it's been really, really interesting, completely yeah. different than um, my banking time. And obviously, you know, more traditional finance routes, but um, I found that a lot of the stuff I worked at worked on at Allen um, has come into great use during my time here. I think obviously, you know, the, the thoughtful modeling and, and analytical uh, rigor that you gain in your banking years is is really valuable, regardless yeah. of what you do after. Um, just like you know, stress testing things, like really questioning whether the thoughts you have in your mind or like the you know things you read or, or yeah. whatnot are, are true or not. Um, so being like very curious and intellectually curious was, was something that I, I still to this day try to like keep keep in mind all the time, yeah. um, and. And then in terms of presentation, I didn't do that much kind of presenting or communicating in banking. Typically your analyst job is a little bit more behind the desk than yeah. like in meetings and whatnot. So that's something I've been really practicing trying to get better at in this, yeah. in this job because um, it's a good portion of it. Yeah. Um, but I will say the startup world is really fascinating. Um, yeah. getting, getting your feet really, really wet in, um, you know building something. Uh, regardless of what it is 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 honestly a very rewarding experience but yeah um also pretty stressful you it, it, almost you treat it like uh the company is like your baby um yeah. and, and the job never ends in, in a different way
1: right like mm-hmm. banking's the job never ends too but in a different way this is like everything you do matters and, and you don't question it you know why you need to do because you will come up with like like this
0: needs to happen this idea exactly. needs to be tested yeah exactly and there's no um it's, I don't really view it that much as like a job I view it more as just problem solving and I think yeah. that's what a lot of the people at the company um, like about it or just like you know that's probably the reason why they join the company is that there's so many things that need to get fixed or figured out that uh, haven't been done yet and so yeah. you know going every day to work and trying to find out answers to problems and I you know using my skill set which is more analytical and kind of thinking about things creatively is, is how I approach the problem sets at hand. For I the think
1: I think it's obviously clear you're obviously enjoying the job a lot more. I mean, you, you enjoyed out on as well, but like this is exactly the right you know transition for you. But like one question a lot of uh, analysts or in banking, consulting, accounting, private equity have, is like leaving that good paycheck behind, right, mm. and and, uh, and not going the private equity route or whatever. And and obviously when you join startups, mostly generally speaking, there is a pay cut involved. How did you navigate that? kind of like you know uh point and like you know kind of like again what was the thought process behind that
0: yeah so i was i was in a process with this startup and i was in a simultaneous process with a hedge fund and my mind was split based on the pay grade that i was (laughs) anticipating one was like 3x 4x what i could have been or am making um basically there were a few options as i was going through the interview process with the startup there's more kind of equity um there's more of an equity heavy option and more and then a more salary heavy option i think to me i was really viewing it as a leap of faith by joining this early stage company you know not a lot of uh, proof that it will work at the scale they're looking to to grow to um so i was saying you know I'm already kind of taking a risk by leaving this high paying finance world that I generally kind of like. So it's not like yeah. I'm needing to get out of finance. Um, why not kind of double down on that risk and kind of, you know, if all goes well, which is why I'm going there to begin with, um, their the reward will be a little bit better. So yeah. that's kind of within the decision making of the of the startup I joined, um, how I thought about it. but. As it relates to comparing that to you know more higher pay grade i just i did you know two to three years of a pretty high paying job right out of college and you know the pay was great life was a lot easier from a you know lifestyle standpoint didn't no. have to worry about any meal that i wanted or you know any cool shoes that i wanted yeah. to buy um but you know you also weren't able i didn't have a lot of free time i didn't have a lot of um you know my my job description or my day to day was was not that uh, autonomous there was not a lot of creative thinking or just yeah. genuine kind of thought that was going on it was very you know binary everything was either correctly done or not correctly done it was a very kind of numbers heavy very yeah. um just like really nitty gritty stuff and i didn't see myself wanting to do that for my career for the long run yeah. and um, I, I thought that I would enjoy more, you know, more um, intellectually stimulating work, but also more kind of creative work, and, and would allow me to inter- be in more interpersonal um, kind of work relationships or work styles. Uh, yeah. And so that was kind of the decision-making factor. I think everyone probably has their own yeah. balance or threshold that they need to figure out. But it all, honestly ultimately came down to I made a spreadsheet about it. I said, you know, what is the payout of Job X, what is pay yeah. out of job Y? The delta there, like, do I care enough about my freedom or enjoyment or whatever it is, yeah. um, enough to outweigh that lost yeah. uh, salary or money?
1: Yeah. And then at the same time, like, you know, would you realize, and maybe not everybody, but I'm I'm of that mindset now is like, you know, 99% of things that I want, I don't need a lot of money for, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if I want to spend time with my close friends, I want to eat a good meal with them once or twice, I want to shop, if I want to go on a trip, like all that stuff doesn't require you to have a half a million dollar salary,
0: right? It requires a lot (laughs) less
1: right? So, but then on the other side, if you want that, you know, your mind to be in full overdrive, you want to wake up happy on a daily basis uh, and just be passionate about working and not feel like it's a job, it's more like problem solving, like you said, you're not going to find it in some of those places that actually keep you there for half a million, you know, salary. For sure. Um, So dude, that's awesome, man. So like the last question I wanna ask you and ask a lot of people, everybody that comes on this podcast is this, look, you've had a really amazing journey so far. You know, your family itself, you know, from Pakistan originally to, you know, your dad's story to you growing up in the Bay area, then back and forth, different schools, then SC, then multiple internships, tons of clubs, then joining Allen, joining Allen again. uh, And now at one of the top startups in the world, Uh, You know, there's a lot of cool things you've done. But let's say I delete all of that, right? None of that exists. And the only thing that exists is Salman. Who is Salman?
0: Wow. Love that question. Um, I would say I'm a, i am aii am a intellectually curious, funny, weird, music-loving, sports-loving, lady-loving, <laughs> um Pakistani young man, I would say.
1: <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna add one correction. He he said ladies loving, not ladies loving, <laughs> dude, I love it, man. That's one of the best one of the best answers and one of the most um uh natural answers ever, dude. Uh first of all I just wanna say, man, I'm so proud of you. You know, you're uh, like a brother Thank to you. me and obviously a friend now and all um, and I'm, I'm happily jealous of you at the same time. I think like what you're doing right now with uh, what you're you know where you're working. And for those of you who are listening, you know we can't we can't obviously name the startup, but it's 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 such a high quality opportunity that even I applied for it. So it's like it's one of those places where you know when you see one of those rocket ships, don't ask what it is, just get on and learn and, and shut the fuck up, right? So uh, I think I think I'm I'm so super proud of you, man. I can't wait to uh, see you. You know all the amazing things you do. You're still in the early parts of your career, right? And you know, this is just your you know, I would say the second inning, right? So we have tons of innings left. Yep. Uh, but yeah, man, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. If if folks want to kind of
0: reach out to you or see see the musical of life
1: of this, uh, you know, this beautiful man, what do, do they go?
0: <laughs> they can go to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I can give you my email, phone number, everything. I'm available.
1: Let's do Instagram. I think that's where the fun stuff is. What's your IG? Yeah
0: let me i honestly don't recall What do you mean? <laughs> but like you know how the names and screen names and all that kind of change okay s-a-l dot j-a-v-e-d sal.javed okay short done. for salman
1: so the those Where of you who know want to a- peek into the life of salman go to sal.javed on instagram and then uh and you know happily enjoy what this man's up to dude thanks so much man really proud
0: of you thank you for having me um as always you are You've been a great mentor over the years and obviously a great friend and look forward to seeing you soon. Hopefully uh, after all this is done, definitely you owe me a Hong Kong hangout. So I'm waiting. hundred percent. That. That's, that's due. That's for sure. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll keep it in my uh, book of debts. Sure. Janister always pays his debts.
0: <laughs> Love it. brother. <laughs> awesome. Have a good long weekend.